now number one for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mint. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Miller and Condon continues 1460 KXNO and now 106.3 FM. Had a lot of fun there as we're going to do every day with our rewind. Looking back at great teams in the state's history. Watched a lot of the Iowa-Michigan game last night. Maybe too much of the Iowa-Iowa State game from 2002 from the Hawkeye perspective. But fun to relive that one. And that's that's what as we get deeper and darker into things and as we're looking for more and more topics this is something I know I'm going to have fun with for a very long time, but I might re- revisit this for a whole show. That 2002 Iowa team, just so many memories, so many things I just didn't get into there as Iowa gets their first ever 8-0 regular season in the Big Ten 18 years ago. Will football be back? Well, we're certainly hopeful. Thank goodness for football, though. Tad Haslip joins us right now from the Sporting News. We got some news to talk about. We have something going on in sports and Tad, this has brought at least a little bit of normalcy to the world in a time where there is just craziness all around. NFL free agency has been a big, big help. Yeah, and there was there was a little bit of pushback um, from people in the league, not just media or fans, that, you know, what are the optics of this going to look like when there's some very important bad things going on in the world. And, and you know, the NFL is announcing all these deals, and and look, I mean, the NFL is, is the NFL, right? It's going to proceed and do whatever it wants to do. And, like, as soon as that DeAndre Hopkins trade ha- happened, like, the criticism just disappeared, and all of a sudden everyone was interested in mm-hmm. uh, in trades and free agency. And, and the NFL knew that was going to happen, and it was it was a calculated decision. I, I still think the optics are a little bit strange. I mean, considering the, you know, the entire country is essentially – you know, sh- shutting itself down and staying home. Um, and it is it is weird, you know, to see on your Twitter timeline, you see half of that and the other half NFL transactions. But, Trent, like you said, it's, it's nice to get a little bit of normalcy just because it's, you know, sports for a lot of people are indeed an escape uh, from what's going on, from the bad things going on. And if we can sit here and talk about Tom Brady and DeAndre Hopkins, then, then I think that's fine. <laughs> so Tom Brady to Tampa. You and I, during the summer when we get together, we like to talk about uniforms. It looks weird. I mean, it looks just so incredibly bad. Brady, in a, the, the thing that I always loved is when New England would wear the throwbacks with, was it Patriot Pete? Is that the name of the guy snapping the ball between his legs? They're on the old school yep. uh, jerseys from the 60s and 70s and 80s that went away. I love to see him in that look. So I'm saying, can't we just bring back the creamsicles? Can't we bring back the beautiful bright orange uniforms? I think Brady looks sharp in that. I'm so glad you started with this, Trent, and I, I trusted you. I knew you would start with the uniform uh-huh. aspect um, because, like, I'm, I'm looking at all these photoshopped images, which you always see in free agency in any sport, really. It's the fun thing to do from designers. Okay, let's let's crop this new uniform on Tom Brady. Well, the uniforms you're seeing on Tom Brady are not the uniforms that he's ever going to be wearing with the Buccaneers. Like you mentioned, they're going to be getting new uniforms this year. I, I This might be a minority opinion, and you're probably going to disagree with me. I'm not a huge fan of the creamsicle. I think mm. it would be fine like as, mm. as an alternate. I think here's, here's my thing. I think if, you were to, if, if the creamsicle never existed and it wasn't in our memories as, as like an iconic look, if a team were to introduce a uniform with that color and that color scheme this year, everyone would hate it. 
I think everyone would be like, this is ridiculous, this is ugly. That's my opinion. I, I happen to like the pewter. I think it's unique, not to say the creamsicle is not unique. Um, but there, if you get on the Internet, there are some leaks as to what the uh, the Buccaneers uniforms might look like. And, and from what I've seen, and this is by all means not official, um, it's going to closely resemble basically what the Buccaneers had before this set. So the red pewter, um, but just kind of like a more plain look uh, and not just like the XFL-looking uniforms like they have right now, which I don't hate, by the way, because they're unique, but I do think it'll be an upgrade. So, like I said, like the the, the creamsicle stuff is fun. It's cool for, like, throwback clothing and stuff, um, but in terms of what the Buccaneers are going to wear, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. But either way, I think it's going to be an upgrade. And by the way, like, imagine the Tom Brady jersey sales that are going to happen this summer because yes. once that – once those new uniforms are released, and all of a sudden, not only is it Tom Brady in his uniform, but it's a new Buccaneers uniform. Um, so I I predict that we're going to see, because Tom Brady's jersey, which has been the top seller every single year for years, which is amazing considering he's been in the league for so long and he hasn't changed teams, so why are people still buying his jersey? It's just a testament to how dominant he's been throughout his career. But now you get the added element of a new team. We're going to see some record jersey sales this year, no doubt. What kind of quarterback are they getting? And I'm still, maybe this is not the right thing to say, but I wonder, are they really getting an upgrade at the quarterback position? I know Jameis throws a ton of interceptions, or at least did a year ago, but I also saw Tom Brady look pretty average a year ago. If it is an upgrade, I'm not sure how big it is at the quarterback position for Arians and company. They had, Jameis Winston and Tom Brady, I believe, had the same QBR last year. If it wasn't exactly the same, it was within a few tenths. Um, so it's a fair question to bring up. We were talking last night, uh, me and a couple of the other writers, like, is is Tom Brady the worst quarterback in the NFC South? Like, it, that depends oh, wow. on what you think about Teddy Bridgewater mm-hmm. and, and, you know, where Drew Brees is in comparison to where Tom Brady is. But it's a question that was brought up. Um, so, like, I look, it's going to be interesting to see how this works because, you know, the, the Bruce Arians offense we all know is, is the, it's the no-risk-it, no-biscuit formula. They love to throw the ball downfield. That's going to have to change with Tom Brady. And, look, Bruce Arians has been around for a long time, not necessarily as a head coach, but as an offensive assistant, not only in, a, in the NFL but in college. He, he has been around tons of offenses. He's called, nicknamed the quarterback guru. If, if he, that guy, of all people, can't, take the greatest quarterback of all time, regardless of what talent he has left, what physical talent he has left, and, and craft a, a offense that, that's going to work, then, then nobody can do it, frankly. And, and they also have the, the benefit of working with Byron Leftwich, who is a very quickly rising uh, assistant in the league. He's the offensive coordinator right now. So the, the, the coaching staff and obviously the personnel they have in play is certainly going to help in terms of what they're getting from Tom Brady. It's a good question. It's a fair question to ask, and that's why I bring up the scheme because they're probably going to have to implement some things uh, that Bruce Arians hasn't been doing in the past. Simply because Tom Brady can't consistently throw the ball downfield with accuracy anymore. He just can't. Uh, you haven't you've seen that in the last couple of years, actually. So I would suspect that the Buccaneers will be looking for receiving tight backs, similar to what the Patriots had. Um, but obviously, Tampa Bay is in a much better position wide receiver and tight end wise. So that's a good starting point. But that's that is probably the story of the NFL, at least at this point. Is, is seeing how Tom Brady uh, works in that offense. What's left in the tank in Indianapolis for Phillip Rivers, another guy that didn't look like the guy that we'd grown accustomed to for a long time. There were some rough moments out of Phil Rivers. I love that Colts uh, roster, top to bottom here. How good is he going to be in your mind in Indianapolis? That's another good question. And and look, like 
in 2018, at least in the first half of the year, Philip Rivers was, was having like the best season of his career, and then things kind of went south. Of course, like you mentioned last year, uh, it was pretty ugly for the mm-hmm. most part. And, and and look, the Chargers were talented too, and and one could argue that Philip Rivers was part of the reason they didn't win as many games as they could have. A lot of turnovers, a lot of unnecessary turnovers. So, it, look, they're they're paying ten million dollars more to start Philip Rivers in 2020 than they would have paid Jacoby Brissett. I, I think what they're looking for here is, is more of an intangible factor, if you will, not necessarily like the physical abilities that Philip Rivers has left, but anyone who talks about Philip Rivers will tell you what how great of a leader he is, and that's not to say that Jacoby Brissett is not a great leader. Everyone had good things to say about him, too, uh, but Philip Rivers is, is kind of in his own category in that regard, and, and I think that, that Indianapolis is betting, and it's a significant bet, it's, it's quite a risk, uh, that 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 intangible factor is going to have a trickle-down effect on the entire team. Uh, and therefore, you know, when it becomes playoff time, assuming that they're in the playoffs, uh, that that helps. Uh, and, and it's, like I said, it's a risk um, because physically, like you mentioned, it is kind of impossible to predict what you're going to get from Philip Rivers. What's interesting about Rivers, though, in terms of, like, arm strength, physical ability, like, Philip Rivers has been throwing ducks for 15 years. It's not like this guy is, like, known, you know, for sharp, accurate passes like just just his style but he's he's such an accurate passer that you know even if his balls float into the receiver's hand instead of putting his zip on the ball he's still able to get it done so that makes me believe that he could potentially age a little bit better than most quarterbacks but like you said like if it's if it's like last year and he's just committing all these you know unnecessary turnovers then then that's not going to work out too well and indianapolis is going to have made a big mistake yeah that that's one that certainly has to be scary cam newton out there Jameis has to find a destination. Other quarterbacks, uh, you go out to Andy Dalton. What does what New England turn? It's We can't assume it's going to be Jarrett Stidham, or can we? I, I, no one knows, and that's what's interesting about New England. And Because there is a scenario in which they could just kind of play the long game here um, and maybe turn to the draft, and if you have to start Jarrett Stidham at first, maybe you do that. Um Everything is on the table right now for New England. Uh, you know, Bill Bender, one of our writers, wrote, wrote a piece this morning on why the Patriots should go hard after Cam Newton. I think that makes a lot of sense. The problem, of course, with Cam Newton is that the Patriots are going to want their own want to run their own medical testing on him, and with the current situation right now, they they can't easily do that. At least not the way they would want to do so. You know, is it worth giving up assets uh, to get a quarterback like that? And by the way, you're going to have to extend him if you trade for him. And I'm not sure what at this point Cam Newton is going to be able to demand, but I imagine it's going to be a lot of money, um, and he's going to be 31 years old. So, like, is that is that a necessary investment? That's why the Andy Dalton factor is there, because at least with Andy Dalton, you know he's healthy. You know that he can play for you right away. Um, so it's there are a lot of different directions they can go here. That's why it's so interesting. And, and I, I personally think that an aggressive move in the draft is, is very possible for this team. Um but again, like this is a team that, that needs a decent amount of pieces, and they're not in a great salary cap situation, so they need those draft picks. So it's going to be hard for them to move up significantly, or at least enough to get one of those top two or three quarterbacks. Um, it's 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 a tricky spot. And, and look, like the Patriots, at least reportedly, did go after Tom Brady, which suggests to me that they're not necessarily prepared for his departure. Um, maybe they didn't, you know, push as hard as they otherwise could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that tells me that, that they were kind of hoping, okay, well, if he comes back, then at least buys us at least one more year. Uh, but that's not the case. Ted Hassel joining us from the Sporting News as we talk NFL free agency. Ted, uh, as you go through, I mean, these have been 
going on hot and heavy. There's been trades. There's been the craziness. Hopkins going to Arizona for David Johnson and the picks associated. Stefan Diggs to Buffalo. Of everything that has happened, though, in terms of free agency, we talked about quarterbacks so much here, but though it is the most important position in sports, there's a lot of others out there. What's one that's flown under the radar that you believe is going to be a big deal for 2020? One of these free agents that people aren't talking about and is something that's going to push a team forward. Well, it's to me the one that stands out, and it stood out in the moment, but then it quickly got buried. Um, was the uh, the trade with or excuse me with the Forty ers and the Colts? Uh, um, because look, like this this is a trade that I think in the long run is, is going to benefit both teams. I mean, the Colts needed a three technique very, very, very badly. And that's exactly what they got. And the 49ers needed a lot of picks because they didn't have very many picks in, on day two. And now they have two first-rounders. And by the way, the 49ers could deal one of those two picks to acquire more picks. Um, so, look, I mean, it, 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 when you look at these trades, all teams, when they complete trades, for the most part, I shouldn't say all teams, uh, believe that they're both winning in the trade. Um, but you look at the DeAndre Hopkins trade, and I don't, I don't know how that can be the case. So I think a move like this, uh, benefits both teams, and, and that could have an impact because, like we just said, the Colts are looking to win right now. Um, so they're not as worried as they normally are about their draft picks. So that's why they're willing to be aggressive. So I think that could have a significant impact on this season. Tad, as always, great talking NFL with you. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, I still want to have you on, even with your awful, awful take on the creamsicles uniforms of the Tampa <laughs> Bay Buccaneers. That's all right. We can spend just entire segments arguing about uniforms if you wish. That's totally fine with me. Well, we got plenty of time coming up here without any games for the foreseeable future. That that very well. That's right. That's going to be on the docket, no doubt. We'll we'll make sure to have that happen here. Maybe after the NFL draft, you and I we can still get together and we'll do a, a good half hour, a long, long segment on the history of NFL uniforms. Who's done it right? Who's done it wrong? We got lots of things we can do there. We will make some great lemonade with the lemons we are currently being dealt. It will be fantastic. Stay safe out there. Thank you for your time today, Tad. <laughs> Thanks, Trent. Tad Haslip with the Sporting News. Find him on Twitter at Tad, T-A-D-D, Haslip, H-A-I-S-L-O-P. Great content with the Sporting News. Him, Vinny Iyer, and the great group over there churning out that NFL content. If you're looking for it, it is a great place to go. When we come back, it's time to go to Chicago. David Kaplan from ESPN 1000 and NBC Sports Chicago. Tonight, they're going to be playing what they have. It is a documentary on Michael Jordan. I'm back. 25 years ago, the facts came through. Michael Jordan coming back to basketball. That documentary, we'll talk Jordan, we'll talk Bears, and whatever comes up with David Kaplan. He joins us next, taking you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon. Miller will be joining us also about 11.45 here on 1460 KXNO. And now, 106. And exclusions apply. Come on. Oh, baby, don't you want to go? Come on. Oh, baby, don't you want to go? Back to that same old place. Back with you on a Wednesday edition here. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO at 106.3 FM. Time to talk to Cappy. David Kaplan presented by our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa as we do each and every Wednesday. A deep dive into the world of sports over in Chicago presented by Centurion Stone. Cappy, what's happening, my man? Well, just trying to stay healthy like everybody else. 
take care of my family like everybody else and put a few chicken breasts in the freezer and <laughs> away we go. I go do the radio show and TV is on hiatus, so doing some Periscope stuff at night and go home. I work out in my house and that's it. Yeah, it's uh, going to be the new normal for quite a while here and people searching for uh, different ways to, to stay involved, to stay active, to do the different things that are part of your normal routine when your normal routine is broken away. Cappy, I know you work out a lot at home. Your kids, your kids are older. Am I right there? So they're out of the yeah, house. You don't have to... my kids are at the house. Okay. My kids have all moved on to their own places. So you don't have to worry about homeschooling. You don't have to worry about keeping the kids entertained, though. You're past that point of your life. Yes, thank goodness. I am <laughs> past that point. My kids are all at this point in time. Uh, I spoke to them all yesterday. They're all happy and healthy and basically on lockdown uh, i've got one son that works for a, ho- a major hotel chain mm. and he said you know he does special events for a big corporation and they're shut down so he's not working so you know there's everybody's got responsibilities whether it's me having to help one of my kids or i've got another one that works in a hospital in another in a major city not chicago and so he's basically working a ton of hours because of all that's going on. So, you know, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got responsibilities, and we just crank it up and see if we can do the best we can. We had a mess here in our state with the caucuses here about a month back. You guys had a different variety of that with your primary happening last night. Has that been a huge topic, I'm going to guess, in Illinois just in general, the decision, will we, won't we, what should we do uh, with that going on? Any talk at all that, that you've got into? I'm not sure how big into politics you are. It seems to kind of seep through all the time. But on that, and Illinois' decision to continue on with the primary last night. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was in the news. But to be honest with you, we have a rule on my show. We never, I mean never, mention politics. Not one iota. I don't care if you like the president, hate the president. I don't care. I don't talk about it because I'm a sports show. Mm-hmm. And when you tune in, I don't talk about, should this guy kneel? Should that guy not kneel? You do you, I'll do me. But i got a sports show so that when you get in your car or you turn on your smart speaker or you put your AirPods in, I appreciate you giving me your time and you're tuning in to hear sports. You don't tune in to hear a sports guy tell you about the president or about this or about that. Now, look, Corona is a, a game changer. It's a different thing. And so it is the elephant in the room. So today when I'm talking about the bear signing Robert Quinn, which I thought was a great move, Corona's hanging over everything, yeah. obviously. I mean, we've got some of our hosts who are doing their shows from home because they're not allowed in the building because they had interacted with somebody who might be sick. We fortunately don't have anything, you know, any links to that virus hopefully ever, but at least yet. But that said, I don't talk politics. I don't like politics, and I used to be very passionate about it. We are a very divided nation, and now more than ever, we have to all come together and figure out how we beat this virus and keep our people healthy and safe and get our country back working again. And so politics, that word is banned on Cap and Company. I'm right there with you, Ken and I uh, very much agree we, as much as possible, stay away from that. I, I don't know if, I would guess of our listeners, 
certainly well over half, probably more like 75-80%. Don't even know what side of the aisle we're on. And Ken, he's Canadian. He can't even vote. So we stay away from it, and I think it's the right thing to do. At least for us, we're not deep into it. We're here to entertain. Speaking of entertaining, Cappy, I got a uh, message from John Kaufman last night on uh, Facebook, and he, he said, hey, next time Cappy's on, you want an entertaining story. He's got a story that he just heard from you. I'll never doubt you again, Daddy story. What is this? I, I know nothing about it. I have no pretense. Help us out. What is the I'll never doubt you again story? Okay, so I was doing a Periscope show last night. I'm going to start doing these on a regular basis. Just give people something to do. So I was on Periscope last night and had a pretty good turnout of people asking questions. And it's a cool format. And so I brought the, somehow Michael Jordan's name came up. And I talked about how I had played golf with Michael Jordan. And so it's a two-part story. One is I wanted to gamble against them, but the money they were playing for was a six-man match at this country club in Chicago, northern Chicago suburb. And I wanted to say I gambled against Michael. We get on the first tee, and I didn't know I was playing against him until I walked up to the tee box. Anyway, <clears throat> he's got a putt. It's probably 25, 30 feet downhill, bending to the right, like basically impossible to stop the ball. And I said, hey, Michael, I'll bet you missed that putt. He said, 50 bucks. Hmm. And I went, on. And he freaking makes it. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. So now we, we played 36. We get to the uh, 18th hole the second time. He's got a putt straight up this pretty good hill. He's on the left side of the green, and it's an impossible putt from 25 feet. There's zero chance that you're making this putt. You might get it within three feet. It was just brutal. And I said, you want to go double or nothing? He goes, you're booked. And I said, Michael, this is not a free throw. And son of a you-know-what, he drills it right in the center. I go, how do you do that? He said, it's not that I make every game-winning shot I take, but I believe it's going in when it leaves my hand. He goes, it's all in the mind, kid. Believe, believe, visualize it. He taught me this line, and I use it in my life. I tell it to my kids. See it before you do it. See it before you do it. Slow it down. Ground ball to short. See yourself fielding it. Where am I going with it? I'm going to second, not to first. I'm not throwing to third with first and second. See it before you do it. Anyway, our caddy was a one handicap, 21-year-old kid, phenomenal player. And hits the ball a ton. I mean 290 down the middle every time. Well, he's caddying for us. He's just a caddy. And Michael is a great short game. Michael is a great putter. Michael does not hit the ball a long way. I outdrive Michael. I mean, Michael fades the ball into the fairway 225 yards and then hits his approach on and then makes his putt. Or if he's just off the green, he hits a little bump shot two feet from the pin and knocks it in. And you're like, how do you do that? So our caddy turns to me, and in very colorful language, which I think I may have used on Periscope, I can't on your show, <laughs> he fades his drive just up the left side. It kind of trickles toward the fairway, and my caddy turns to me, carrying my back. He turns to me, he goes, Michael Jordan fades the ball? What a blankety-blank. What a kitty cat. <laughs> and Michael turns around and goes, what'd you say? He's like, uh, nothing. He goes, what did you say? He's like, I just was surprised you don't hit the ball farther. He goes, do you play? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, what's your handicap? He goes, I'm a one. He said, good, I'm a six. Drop his bag. Go get your clubs. 
and you're playing with us. And we're playing $1,000 a hole. Well, Caddy can't play at that level. And Michael goes, you don't have to pay me if you lose. But if I lose to you, I'll pay you 1000 a hole. But if I beat you, you see those 200 members that have already played? It's a beautiful summer day that are all sitting on that patio there drinking beer. You're going to walk up, and you're going to drop to your knees in front of all of them, and you're going to look up at me, and you're going to call me Daddy. And Michael rode this poor kid <laughs> merciless, and he's hitting drives in the water. He's missed a two-foot putt and played everything. There was no gimmies. Everything in. He's missing this. He golfs his little chip shot. Like, he shot like 87. Oh. Michael kicked his butt. And we get done. We walk over. And he goes, hey, Jonathan, you know what you got to do. And he literally got down on his knees and bowed. I'm sorry for ever doubting you, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, it was phenomenal. <laughs> oh. Phenomenal. Oh, so, so good. Stories like that, absolutely incredible, and, and certainly are great at a time like this. Cap, before we let you go, there is some news going on with the Bears, of course, free agency as we await, and as the uh, day progresses, we're certainly, I'm going to guess, find out more here, but at least the big newsy item for this squad is what happening with them along the defense. Robert Quinn making his way to Chicago with it. Leonard Floyd's time in Chicago is over. Yeah, look, Brian Pace, the mark of a, of a good executive, and Ryan's had his misses. But a good executive admits a mistake and moves on. He had a chance to get a guy in Robert Quinn, who's a damn good football player, and now him and Khalil Mack together, you have a chance with a, a healthy Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Danny Trevathan, uh, Roy Robertson-Harris, Bilal Nichols, Roquan Smith. That's a hell of a front seven, man. You have a chance to really take some of the heat off your offense. But you also still have to address, you got to get a speed receiver in there. They got Jimmy Graham. I'm not crazy about that. But as Yurkovich, John Yurkovich, Yurko said to me yesterday on our station, hold on a second. He said, I get that people don't like Jimmy Graham, and maybe he'd have been there in a week, gotten it cheaper. But the bottom line is you woke up this morning. You're better at tight end than you were. It's not saying a lot because they were so bad, but you are better. Your pass rush is markedly better, maybe the best pass rush in the league now with these two guys. And your linebacking core with getting Danny Trevathan re-signed is also better. So they're a better football team today. Now they got to get another quarterback in here who could push Mitchell Trubisky to be better or beat him out. And I think the guy they want, and I'm being told by people in the building, it's Andy Dalton. But I just don't know if they can get him because I think the Patriots are involved as well. Yeah, it sounds that way, and we'll keep our, our eye on that one with the quarterback situation. Cam Newton, be a trade. Any interest there? Uh, for me, no. Now, I keep hearing that he's a real diva in the room, and so that's why they wouldn't want him. Mm-hmm. Lewis Riddick says, look, if he's healthy, I'd want my doctors to check him out, and you can't obviously get your doctors in there at this point. But if he's healthy... He's like, look, he might make, make sense to take a shot on a prove-it type deal. He's got, I think, one year left on his contract. Perhaps you can get him to restructure. You try and figure it out. I'm not a huge Cam Newton guy when you have a shoulder and a foot injury and I'm asking you to run an RPO-based system where I need you to be able to throw on the move, better have a strong arm. You had shoulder surgery? Boy, I hope you're healthy. And then I'm asking you to be able to use your feet and legs to extend plays and to run the football? 
You got a foot injury that you haven't even been cleared for yet? Well, I better know what I'm getting. Finally, uh, Jameis Winston, he's been the apple of my eye. I understand the interceptions, the turnovers, and, and some baggage that comes along with him, too. Jameis Winston, where does things sit as you're hearing from Chicago? Uh, from what I'm hearing, they are not involved on Jameis unless the price was to come way down. Mm-hmm. And Adam Schefter tweeted last night, he's as connected as anybody, that when the dust settles, all the chips fall, there will be no starting job for Jameis Winston. He's going to have to take a greatly reduced deal, probably a one-year contract, and try and rehabilitate his image. Well, what better place than coming here and trying to beat out Mitchell Trubisky? So I guess he had LASIK surgery. Maybe that'll mm-hmm. help cut the t- uh, the uh, turnovers down, but if you can't make it work with Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer, you got real trouble. That is something I would sign up for. David Kaplan from Chicago Cappy. Enjoyed it as always. We'll talk again next week. Thank you so much. Stay healthy, everybody. Stay safe. That's David Kaplan with us as he is each and every Wednesday presented by Centurion Stone of Iowa. For your home, outside, inside, they will help you out. Now, effective immediately, The locations, the showrooms are closed to the public until further notice, but you can still go online, find out about your project, and when we get back to a sense of normalcy, they can help you out with your home, improving the exterior and interior of your home of any size. A variety of styles, patterns, colors for your every need. Centurion Stone of Iowa, online, centurionstoneofiowa.com. We take the time out. Coming back on the other side, Ken's going to join us as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now 106. Our mission. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Seems like yesterday. It was long ago Jane, it was lovely She was a queer man Back with you one final time As we continue It's Miller and Condon On 1460 KXNO And now 106.3 FM Joined back again With Ken Miller He is back home In Ankeny And Ken A uh, little bit crazy it, it continues here It is day three For a lot of people Of working from home Having kids around the home And the NFL news Has certainly kept us afloat We talked about Tom Brady a lot at the top of the program here today. Just finished up talking with David Kaplan and, and his thoughts on Cam Newton. Not only the shoulder injury that he dealt with a year ago and arm strength, always one of the com- key components of Cam Newton as a quarterback, but also the foot injury that hasn't been talked about nearly as much. This is a guy that also moves around. And depending on what his destination, depending on offensive line and everything else and the kind of system, a guy that would still, you'd have to think, move around to be at his most effective. Where are you with Cam Newton? Well, I still think he can be an effective quarterback. Um, you know, I, I go back to Super Bowl 50 and the business decision that he made when the ball was lying on the ground two oh, feet yeah. in front of him. And sure, DeMarcus Ware and Malik Jackson and Von Miller were all around the football, but you're the quarterback and you're playing in the biggest game in the world. And you decided to, uh, you know, not involve yourself trying to get the fumble. But look, Trent, here's the thing I like about Cam Newton. He's going to be on a something to prove type of, um, uh, tour, if you will, uh, because you look at, and you mentioned it's the injuries. It's the big X factor as to how healthy is the guy. But you know what? I think you got to take a chance on, you know, a guy that's got his team, won an MVP, did he not in 2015? And 
a guy that's um, you know played at the at the highest level, and if he's healthy and if he's got that proverbial chip on his shoulder, I, I don't think there's much to lose because I mean I don't know what you're going to have to give up as taking of the Bears for him, or maybe I was on ProFootballTalk.com earlier this morning had a Trubisky for Cam Newton trade scenario that was out there. So plenty of moving parts with this thing. It's, um, and, and as you mentioned it, we talk about it every day now. So grateful that the NFL decided to stay open and provide the country with a little bit of normalcy, even, um, even if it's uh, to this extent. And they're going to dominate at least the sports landscape here for the next month leading into the NFL draft. Obviously, we're going to do a whole lot more. We normally talk a lot of draft as is, but it's going to be even deeper into it and, and trying to get as many people on to talk about it, going through each individual team here that matter to us and probably extending that out too. I mean, we're going to talk Vikings, Packers, Bears, and Chiefs a whole lot. We're going to be talking about some of those other teams out there in a lot deeper sense, and that's what we're going to do to to keep things afloat. And, and with us, we still want to talk sports, and this continues to be a great respite for the people out there that just want a break. I, I, I've i talked to uh, somebody the other day on the phone, and they just said, I've been watching Fox News and CNN nonstop for the last five days. Nonstop. It's always on. Yeah, you go to sleep too. with it. You wake up with it. That is what it is. And for the two hours during our program, during the morning rush on your drive-in, your drive home, Murph and Andy, whatever it is, this is something to at least to balance your life a little bit because – well, as you know, Ken, because I know you said it's happened to you, you just get so deep into it, and it's hard to shake free. No, it is, and I don't think it's healthy for me. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, my wife today today came up to me and said, you know, what's this first time? Let, let's rede- redecorate. Mm. That's the last thing in the world I want to do, right? But you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah. Let's do our, we get off the phone with you. I mean, I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm going to be the move this here. No, let's bring this back over here. That doesn't look good. But you know what? I'm 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 going into that and i'm actually going to enjoy it i believe but to your point trent i mean i switch back and forth with all the cables because if there's an interview uh that gets my attention and i think it's overkill i think i'm making myself crazy i really do i know what's here i think the country now realizes how bad that this is and we've um you know at this point most of us have decided what path we're going to take um and i think i just we all need an escape so look at as you mentioned I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but it's uh, KXN will stand on the air, and the other shows doing what they do so incredibly well. And we're when we're given that opportunity, we're going to talk sports and we're going to watch sports. And you know, I'm sure you brought up with Cappy the uh, the documentary that they're going to re-air tonight, the I'm Back documentary. Mm-hmm. 25 years ago to uh, uh, today, Jordan sent the facts that he's back, and you know, I, I can't wait to watch that show on NBCSN tonight at 6:30. Yeah, and thank you for the PSA there. At 6.30 is when that one's going to be starting. I'm certainly going to have it at the very least on the DVR, and I'm going to watch it at some point tonight. And with it, yeah, there's a talking point for us tomorrow. We'll watch it together, and we'll come yes. in, and we'll remember 25 years ago, and we'll remember that time because it was it was just so crazy. And, of course, the yeah. the theories that are around it surrounding why Michael Jordan left the game yeah, of basketball. Yeah. Yep, and, and his father and the murder there, and just on and on and on. There's mm-hmm. so many layers to the story that are absolutely incredible. And I don't believe I've seen that documentary. I don't believe that I, I have. have. Yeah, I haven't either, Trent. And you know, that's something that you mentioned that we don't have games to talk about in our opening segment, so we'll talk about this tomorrow. You're right. It was crazy, crazy, crazy uh, at that time. And uh, like a lot of people, there's a, that's 
conspiracy theory out there that they heard him talking about point spreads and mm-hmm. you know it was a suspension and that's why the uh the baseball sojourn took place and the hold the number 45 and then they come back and his first game is against uh, I believe it was the Pacers in Indianapolis and Reggie Miller's quote is saying Oh, you'll probably take him until about sometime in the third quarter before we see the real Michael Jordan. But the switch will be flipped that quickly. Some of the old interviews with the coaches. You know, the other thing, too, regarding this Bulls and the Bulls run, there's been hints out there uh, that ESPN is going to move up the release of that 10-part series yeah. uh, on the uh, on the Bulls, and wouldn't that be welcome? Yes, uh, that that's something easy to recap each and every night, and I think... I mean, you just think of the numbers that they'd be able to do for something oh. like that. Michael Jordan, that is a name that, I mean, it's just people that never saw him play. People know him because of the Jordan brand and because, of it's course, hard his hard to stature. believe, Trent, but you're right. People have never saw, seen him play. When he retired, 99, I think, was it the Wizards, a one-year deal? I thought he played two. One or two? I thought it was two. Now i got to look this so up. so forgetful, right? We'll never yes. forget the 96, 97, 98, and they break up the Bulls. And again, that's that series coming up on ESPN. Whatever it was, it was, you know, it's, it's Tom Brady in the Tampa Bay Buccaneer uniform, Michael Jordan in a, in a Wizards uniform, those type of things. But uh, if they do move it up, my gosh, the numbers that that will do. He, uh, he missed three years, 99, 2000, 2001, came back for two seasons with the Wizards, averaged 23 points a game his first season back, and 20 a game his final season. So it was two. It was two years there. And one of those two, I remember they were just out of the playoffs. They, I think they were ninth in the East that year, just missed the playoffs. I can't remember offhand if it was the first or second year. He was still incredibly good. Just looking at those numbers and, and what he was still able to put up at that time, it looked weird and... Boy, it's going to be look weird watching Tom Brady in a Buccaneers uniform. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's um, <laughs> and then all the dominoes that are going to fall with that one. Thirty million, I guess the Chargers matched the offer, but he thought that the East Coast was better suited. Apparently, and we haven't heard from him. Um, uh, he thought that the East Coast was better suited to his family, and that's where he wanted to be. And I, I thought, you know, as I said yesterday, I put my money on the Chargers invested so heavily in that uh, production company, the movie production company mm-hmm. based in Los Angeles. He's a California kid. I thought, uh, you know, everything was lining up that he was going to be a Charger, but he's going to be a Buccaneer, and he's going to face Matt Ryan, and he's going to face Drew Brees, and on and on we go, and Teddy Bridgewater a couple of times a year now. So uh, Tom Brady, instead of facing those AFC East QBs, I'll certainly make for some interesting matchups, head-to-head quarterback battles going forward. It'll be fun, no doubt about it, as the quarterback carousel continues in the NFL. A lot more coming on that in tomorrow's program. That'll do it for today. Ken Miller back with us tomorrow. We're also going to get into Iowa State football in our rewind. We're going to take a look back at one of the good teams from Iowa State football here. Semi-recent history, looking back at 2009. A bowl team as uh, they got going there with Austin Arnott running that squad. That's going to be our rewind coming your way tomorrow here as we'll do each and every day great teams from this state of Iowa. That's Thursday's program. Coming up here today, we got Murph and Andy at 2 o'clock. The Fanatics at 4, and then it gets started with our local programming each and every weekday at 6 a.m. with the Morning Rush. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, and now 106.7.